Welcome to our holiday episode of Belonging and Becoming. As we approach Christmas 2020, in a year full of challenges, we hope you'll be encouraged as you hear some holiday traditions and reflections from Asbury University President Dr. Kevin Brown and his family. The flute opening you're hearing is from a recording of last year's Songs of the Season on Asbury's campus. We'll hear the entire piece at the conclusion of today's podcast. I'm Doug Walker, a media communication professor here at Asbury, and I'll be your host today. If you read through this fall's Ambassador magazine, you know that the Brown family likes to take a Christmas time ice skating excursion. But as you'll hear, Dr. Brown warns it's not quite an Olympics figure skating event. I've not yet gone to the hospital, like, blowing out an MCL. Kevin doesn't I'm, always get his skates on. Yeah. I'm the person that hangs on to the railing the whole time and ventures out a few feet and then quickly goes back to the railing. Before we hear more from Dr. Brown and his wife, Maria, we'll begin with their three children. I sat down in mask with Campbell, Ada, and Oliver. What's Christmas like for them? First up, the Browns' oldest son. I'm Campbell, and I am 15. So you're the oldest? I am the oldest, yes. All right. I was one of those, too. <laughs> has some advantages, right? Yeah, it does. It has. A, I am like the guinea pig of the family. You know, they run stuff through me and then use it on the other kids. <laughs> so that may not be an advantage after all. It may not. <laughs> as far as Christmas goes, what's your favorite thing that your family does during the Christmas holidays? Um, I really, I really like, we go ice skating every year and that's fun. Um, I like looking at Christmas lights. Uh, that's, I think just things where we're all together as a family. We watch Christmas movies. We really like, uh, Home Alone and we watched Elf recently. It was a really good. In terms of ice skating, do you do it other times or is it only this one time of the year? It's really only this one time of the year. Um, we're not really good ice skaters, so... Uh, we'll only choose to embarrass ourselves on the ice one time a year. <laughs> because you're not alone when you're out there, right? We're not alone. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the other one uh, question I wanted to ask you is what's the maybe best Christmas memory that you have? When we were really, really young, and we lived in, uh, I think, Anderson, Indiana, uh, one time our my parents got us in the car, and we... Uh, went and looked at Christmas lights um, there. And I remember that was a really, uh, for some reason, that was just a really, really good memory. Because it was like a warm, it was like one of those warm Christmas moments where um, you have hot chocolate and it's snowing kind of thing. So That snow is good. good part of it, I agree. <laughs> Last question. I don't know if your dad ever bakes anything for Christmas, so this can be mom or dad. But what's the best uh, thing that you enjoy eating over the Christmas holidays? Ooh, that, that's a good question. I personally love two things. Sweet potato pie, which we make for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And also, my mom makes cinnamon rolls uh, after we open up presents. And those are always really good because it's my uh, great-grandma's old recipe. And it, there are some really great cinnamon rolls. So those two things, probably. Next in line to share with us was the Browns' youngest son. Hello, my name is Oliver Brown and I am nine years old. And Oliver, what's the favorite thing that your family does during the Christmas holidays that you enjoy the most? Does it have to be on Christmas or? Uh, anything during the whole Christmas holidays, so during yeah. December. 
what I really love to do is um, ice skating because it's it's we usually we usually like eat a nice dinner and then we go ice skating and I think ice skating is really fun and so I really enjoy it but also after ice skating we get a uh, Starbucks which is really good so <laughs> I, I really like that stuff what do you order at Starbucks Usually a uh, hot chocolate. I mean, nothing too big. Okay. And uh, who's the best ice skater in your family? Me. All right. I mean, I don't mean to brag, but... <laughs> but you're able to skate around them and faster than they are? Yeah. Usually it's the running and the tripping, and then that repeats, so... <laughs> now, who's repeating the tripping? Me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then the next question I had for you is, what's your favorite Christmas memory as you think back over Christmas, the best Christmas memory? Um, I'm actually not sure. Okay, and that's fine. I didn't know. I mean, if... I mean there's a there's a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. But I tell can't... me one of them that you stand that you remember. Probably my favorite was um. It was actually when we got to go somewhere. So my favorite was probably going, sleeping um at the fireplace, and like we all sleep downstairs, and then after that you wake up. And then there's presents because it's Christmas, but we always go to either Indiana or Louisville. And I just really like seeing my cousins and my grandparents on Christmas. It's, it's just really nice. So, yeah, I like that. Great. So you can look forward to that this year then. Well, maybe not. I hear it's maybe going to be different. Is that right? Um. Don't know yet? It's questionable. Yeah. It's okay. all in the air. Okay. Uh, so the last question for you is, what is your favorite thing that your mom or dad, if he does it, bakes during the Christmas holidays? Favorite favorite thing to eat? Well, the only thing we do is cinnamon rolls. So I can only say that, but they're really good. <laughs> so that's all you get to eat during Christmas? I mean, we make gingerbread houses. Okay, that's cool. And gingerbread cookies, but if it's around Christmas or it is Christmas, it's probably... Uh, um, cinnamon rolls. And you'd rate those pretty good, though? Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. And wrapping up the interviews with the Browns' children is their daughter. My name is Ada Brown, um, and I am 12 years old. So you're the middle of the three children. Yes. All right. Is that good being in the middle? It is, yeah. It's kind of nice to not be the oldest or the youngest. Uh-huh. I've liked being in the middle. <laughs> That's good. Uh, what's the favorite thing that you guys do as a family uh, during the Christmas holidays? I really enjoy when we go ice skating. It, I'm terrible at ice skating. I cannot ice skate to save my life. So it's always really fun, though, because I try not to fall over. And we always worry about someone else in the family falling over. Um, and you can kind of tell, like, you can kind of tell our family's personalities by who ice skates the best or like their you know techniques so me and my mom we kind of just like kind of go slow and then start going faster eventually Campbell kind of does the same my dad you know the same but Oliver um he loves to go like super fast and doesn't really care if he falls down so we always have a lot of laughs afterward (laughs) I asked him who was the best and he said he was yeah (laughs) I guess that's how you learn right I guess all right, so then what do you think is your favorite Christmas memory from all the years past? Hmm, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, okay, 
Well, one Christmas memory I had when I was really little, um, I loved, like, I loved wearing huge dresses. And so one Christmas, I think my mom got it from a thrift store or something, but I got this dress and I loved it so much. And I, we, like, after we do presents at our house, we go down to my Nana and Papa's and I wore my dress there, even though everyone else was wearing like jeans and I wore this puffy dress with like tights and like these nice shoes and I was so happy. I was like, I love my dress and I look amazing and um, because when I was younger, I dreamed of being a princess when I grew up Mm -hmm. and things like that. So So last question for you is pretty easy, but just as you uh, celebrate Christmas together as a family during the, you know, week or so around Christmas, what's your favorite treat that your family has? Oh, that's a hard one. Um... We have treats, but it's always it always goes with like a certain time. So we eat cinnamon rolls after we open presents, and we um we we drink hot chocolate either after we watch a movie or after we ice skate. So I think my favorite though is probably after Christmas presents because kind of like after you open all your presents, you're like, well, this was amazing, but it's also a little bit sad because now, like, you know, Christmas is almost over. And so I really love eating the cinnamon rolls as well because it's like an extra, like another thing to, you know. Almost like another present, huh? Yeah. From your mom, I guess. Yes. (laughs) I talk next with Dr. Brown and his wife, Maria, who clarified that their Christmases are not always as picture perfect as you might think. We do eat cinnamon rolls and we do ice skate. We're not, that was a little more Hallmark version than what it actually, (laughs) (laughs) so we can maybe correct the record. You can amplify a little. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. That's good. Our kids are over-sugared. They (laughs) get no rest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, let's start with that then from your, you know, from your view, what are some of the special Christmas traditions that you enjoy celebrating as a family? Well, I'll say... Around this time of year, we we talk about this a lot, and our kids will say, tell us some of your favorite Christmas memories. And we always have them, but it's interesting how um, non-coordinated they are at one level and uh, how simple they are. And so one, one of our favorite memories was when we lived in Anderson, we drove to see a light show in Noblesville, and... Oh boy, this was years ago. Um, so all three of our kids were young. Oliver was a baby almost. And we were talking, we were looking at the lights. It started snowing. And then we looked in the back seat, and all the kids were asleep. And, and they were all in cute pajamas, all like yeah. in robes. It was really adorable. <laughs> and it was nice. It was It was pleasant. And so I think our my favorite memories are pretty simple. We, we drive, we look at lights, we listen to music, we talk, um, and just being around family on uh, Christmas Day or New Year's Eve, we, we switch back and forth each year. Uh, it's just really a blessed time. Um, but I, I'd, I'd say... Yeah, the simple things. I, we do enjoy ice skating. That's a recent, maybe in the last four years, I think we've done that every year. I've and not yet gone to the hospital, like, blowing yeah. out an MCL. Kevin doesn't I'm, always get his skates on. Yeah. I'm the person that hangs on to the railing the whole time and <laughs> ventures out a few feet and then quickly goes back to the railing. Yeah, that is always fun. It, it sometimes creates angst for the kids because 
they, that's the only time during the year that they skate. But that is a fun <laughs> memory. I love doing that with them. And we also, there's this book that we have. My sisters are really good about like a new Christmas book every year. And I'm, we don't do that. But we do have one, and it's called Room for a Little One. And it is like a children's book with the, such beautiful pictures and really simple words. And I read it every year, and every year it makes me cry. I don't think anyone else cries, but that the Room for a Little One is one of my favorite things. Is there any Christmas song that has special meanings to either of you? Oh, I love Oh Holy Night. It's my favorite one. I love that song, and I believe that song was written actually by someone who was an atheist. Because I, I love, love, love the song, and the words to it are so beautiful and so powerful. It talks about chains being broken, and I, I just love it. And so I looked up one time why it was written, you know, because a lot of times hymns will have really great stories. And if I'm correct, it was written by someone who is not a Christian, and they were like commissioned to write it. And I think in some ways that makes it more powerful for me because if someone from sort of like this outside perspective looking in would say, well, if this story is really true, then this is what it would mean. I think that's really powerful. So that's my favorite. It's my favorite song. Celine Dion sings it well. (laughs) (laughs) Josh Groban. No, not the Josh Groban version. (laughs) I I think I would say Little Drummer Boy, and there are, to Maria's point, there there's so much variation in how and who sings this, um, how it is sung. I like the song because it feels like the kind of song that is straight out of the Bible, that you have this impoverished child, and they are poor just like this baby who is poor, but they understand that there's something unique about uh, this baby, um, this royalty in front of them. But they have no gifts. Uh, they have no wealth, but they do have a drum, and they can play that as best as they can. I played my drums for him. I played my best for him. So that's my favorite because it feels very consistent with the biblical witness that Jesus came in a humble and prosaic way, um, and this this kind of Matthew twenty twenty five that the first shall be last and uh, the least will be a servant of all and um, that Christ came to serve and he's a, the humble king. Any Christmas memories where God has met your family in a special way during the Christmas season? Well, I think every year the story of Christmas, just like when we celebrate Easter, the story hits you new every year. Like, wow, you know, this that the reality of what it means that that God came into the world in this way. I so I hopefully our kids are picking up on that, but I think for me every year I get a little bit overwhelmed with that story again, like and and remembering this is true. This is the truth we're grounding ourselves in. Um but I think one Christmas that probably stands out a little bit more for me is the Christmas before Oliver came home because we were we knew that after Christmas we were going to be able to meet him. And so um, I was really longing for that. Um, but I think maybe the the story of Jesus and Jesus coming as a baby just felt a little more um, personal and intimate because I had this longing for this child that we knew of but didn't know yet. Um, so maybe that Christmas. 
thinking of Asbury and the fact that Christmas, this Christmas season is different than it's been, you know, for the past few years. Is there anything with the COVID restrictions and changes that you're particularly missing mm -hmm. uh, this Christmas as far as celebrating here on Asbury's campus? Just our chapels together um, is special all times of year and certainly around Christmas. I remember last year in 2019, I was asked to uh, evaluate dorms for, for a competition, a decoration competition. And while the students were gathered outside, it was freezing, but while they were gathered outside waiting for the results, they just broke out in carols. And it was really wonderful. It was, it was not, hey, we're going to sing carols at 9 p.m. Uh, they just started singing, and it was this really lovely moment and very reflective of the, the community here, how students care about each other, the importance of tradition. And so I've been thrilled that we've been together, but it has been disruptive because uh, being together is so highly modified. So I'm very eager for some of those changes. I would say personally too, every year when I grew up, uh, Christmas morning, we would open gifts and we'd leave. We'd go to my granny's in Eastern Kentucky. And there was one year we didn't. I was in eighth grade. My father had just had surgery, so we couldn't leave on Christmas Day. And it was the oddest day to me because I was so used to going and seeing other family. And in our marriage, uh, we've done the same thing every Christmas. We will get in the car and uh, after we open gifts and have breakfast and kind of come around and go and visit family. And so we're not quite sure what this yeah, year will look like, good. but it, yeah, it's not looking good as of uh, this moment. And so uh, that it would be understandable, but it would be incredibly sad. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's Asbury, our personal lives, this has just been a, a disruptive time for everyone for various reasons. Um, and it's not simply our traditions. It's just the uncertainty and the pain that comes at varying levels for different people. Mm-hmm. You've both worked with international students and students from different cultures, but Marie, obviously a lot. And it just made me think, have you learned any lessons through the years of working with them that give you a broader view of Christmas and this season and all that it means because of that interaction and what you've learned from them? That's a good question. I think there's probably a lot I've learned that maybe um, I don't have words for because I think you absorb things that you don't always stay or state clearly. Um, but I do think watching students navigate, our international students navigate um, not being able to travel home for the holidays and how they find community where they are and how they fill their time and what they do and, and how other people a lot of times will step in to fill gaps for them. Um, is moving and helps me, I mean, I can get very stuck in like things have to be a certain way. So I think it's helpful to watch people be flexible and adaptable um, and see God provide in, in different ways. Um, but I have talked to some students, um, particularly Asian students, who will say like, you know, Christmas is not a... Um, it's not a market holiday for us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not like it's not commercialized like it is here in the United States. Um, and so having that perspective too, you know, we can get very 
like our perspective is very limited by our own culture, our own country, our own traditions, and recognizing that for a lot of our students, go, Christmas Day means not a lot of gifts, like what we're used to, not a lot of these traditions, but like spending the whole day with their church family, um, being in a church service. So I think that has been helpful for me. Um, of course, anytime you can see God working in ways that go beyond your cultural expectations, I think you see more of God, right? And you understand more of the the kingdom and of God's depth and breadth. And so um, I think that's been good for me to see. In closing, anything else you'd like to say, obviously, to people who are listening uh, about this season, uh, just as a, as a closing comment? We have talked about how the you know, we tend to domesticate the birth of Christ. And I've heard other people talk about this before. You know, if you look at the Revelation story, it's not a safe little story. It's a like a there's this huge thing happening in the spiritual realm when Jesus is born. But but it has occurred to me kind of in a new way this year that this is not a domesticated story. You know, and we, we tend to kind of wrap it up in our manger scene, and we have all these traditions, and it feels nice and warm and soft, and, you know, and all those things are good. But um, if, if God really sent his son into the world in the form of a child who was a refugee, who was poor, who was on the fringes in so many ways, and, and chose to give his message to people on the fringes and on the margins— this is a cataclysmic event. <laughs> it's an, you know, it, it doesn't, it kind of bursts the, some of the things that we hold Christmas in, right? And, and that has been in my head recently. Like, what, you know, how do we really live that out? And I think for me, it helps me to say, God is in the nitty gritty, de- raw details of our life. Um, because being born in the time and space that he was, was raw. And it was, you know, he was in the nitty gritty, right? Like it was dangerous. It wasn't safe. And so if he chose to come in that way, then that means something for my life, right? So we can get, you know, we can make it sound like our Christmases are amazing because we're sitting in a quiet room. (laughs) Our kids aren't here right now. (laughs) But but if, if Jesus isn't enough for the for the raw details of our life for the Christmases when like a kid is mad about something or overtired kids are overtired or it doesn't go the way you want, or you can't travel because of COVID or, you know, people experience a lot of things during the holidays. If Jesus isn't enough for that, if he's not in those moments, then I think we're missing the real meaning of Christmas. Right. Um, so that has been spinning in my mind and heart. Like, what does this mean that, because I want, I want to figure out how to live with a Jesus that is full in those moments that are not the sort of hallmark moments that we long for. Um, And I think that the way he came into the world says he is in those moments. He is enough for them. Philippians 2 verses 5 to 11 in the New International Version put some of this messiness in perspective. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not regard equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thanks for joining us for this special Christmas conversation with the Brown family. When we resume in January, Dr. Brown will share why he thinks it's so important to study and live a life of virtue. And if you ever have any feedback or suggestions about belonging and becoming, please email us at belong at asbury.edu. No Christmas podcast would be complete without a little Christmas music. So we'll close with this selection from the music department's annual Songs of the Season, which concluded in 2019 with the singing of Silent Night by the Asbury Chorale. As you'll hear, they were joined by a 300-voice audience. The opening flute melody was played by student Robin Cook, and the flute descant was written for the occasion by Dr. Vicki Bell. Pianist for this performance was Celeste Letchworth. This recording was made in Jameson Auditorium before a live audience and is used with permission of the Asbury University Music Department. May your Christmas be filled with the sounds of hope and the joy of knowing this Savior.
Belonging and Becoming is a production of Asbury University.